This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Kane in the pipe, oh, and it's yeah. blocked! And it is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, to Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Inside Black and Gold, we are here, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak, for the latest edition and we're getting ready for what else? The NFL draft. Free agency's kind of slowed down in this moment. We haven't heard any of the Saints bringing in uh, any new pieces and signing them, but it's all been about draft visits now, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. There really hasn't been much news since, you know, last week, which is kind of normal. Like Andrew Dowell was the last player that we've seen signed. I would be surprised if they bring in anybody else. Um, prior to the draft, right? Like you might see some low-level signings toward the end. But yeah, so we're going to go through our mock drafts 3.0 today. I also want to want to call out a reporter who has declared the Saints to be the Cinderella team of the 2023 season, which I appreciate. And then we're also going to run through some of the pre-draft visits that we've seen reported that we might not have gotten to the last time we talked about them. So let's start there and... There are a few that I think are more notable than others. Um, One guy who I got a close look at earlier this month that I think is definitely on the table for the Saints, whether it's as a draft pick in the late rounds or in a UDFA if he gets there, is Jaqueline Roy, kid out of LSU, defensive tackle. One of the reasons I like him a lot is he just can move, right? I want to see the Saints get a little more athletic. I want to see them pick up athletes on the defensive line because I don't think they have enough of them. I think they're a very slow defensive line group, generally speaking. And so that's going to be a theme today is getting a little more athletic. And I think Jaqueline Roy at LSU, he's an interesting guy and I could see them bringing him in. Yeah. The defensive line is still an area I want to address too. And you, you lost some of that. I, I thought shy Tuttle was a pretty athletic DT, but obviously, you know, he's not really around anymore. He'll go in history, though, for that obviously huge play against Matt Ryan years ago. But, yeah, the the DT spot for this team uh, still needs some beef, and I would I would love a guy like Jaqueline Roy to someone, like you said, that can also is athletic and make moves kind of thing. But, you know, this team's stigma has always been, obviously, do they drop LSU players? And that's kind of changed, I guess, around with, I'll play with a, with coach Dennis Allen around because we saw them bring in 
Terran Matthew last year, obviously a Jarvis Landry. It seemed like that LSU Tiger hex had been broken, I guess. I still haven't drafted them. No, right. And so that's that's the question is, <laughs> do you start drafting LSU players? And so there have been a few top 30 visits. Obviously, we talked about Jaquel and Roy. Makai Garner is also a guy they brought in for a top 30 visit. So, you know, maybe these are maybe these are guys you end up seeing later in the draft. The other thing that I saw that I, I find interesting is so we already know about the Hendon Hooker visit. They also had a visit from Clayton Toon from Houston. And then also Aiden O'Connell this is a quarterback out of Purdue. Now, if you know anything about the Saints, they have something of an affinity for former Purdue quarterbacks. It almost seems like, I don't know why. Maybe Drew Brees has something to do with it. Maybe he got a high recommendation from a said Drew Brees. And that's why you bring him in. I don't know. But I thought that was interesting to see. I'm very curious to about what this team ends up doing uh, over, overall. But the the I think the prime position still for me in this draft is going to be offensive line just because I want to protect the newest asset. And when we get into things later on, obviously with our mock drafts, that's that was the direction I went. And then you talked about uh, a theme for you. My theme, this this mock draft ended up being the SEC. And, and uh, all three of my picks in rounds one, two, and three from the Southeastern Conference. And not such a bad thing when you can tell it, when you consider obviously the talent level that's there. No, and so there was an SEC left tackle that they brought in for a visit, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, just another pipeline player, right? The Saints love Tennessee. They love Ohio State. So that one makes a lot of sense. The other few that are worth keeping in mind, so the Saints obviously could be in the market for a running back. They brought in Kendry Miller out of TCU. They've also had visits with Devon A-Chain, Devon A-Chain out of Texas A&M, and Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Um, if you're an LSU fan, you've seen all of these running backs. Well, at least not, well, maybe not Kendry Miller, but you've already seen Dwayne McBride and you've seen Devon A-Chain because they faced LSU last year. Both got shut down. Well, McBride got shut down, um, even though he's this prolific running back <laughs> and uh, A-Chain kind of ran over him. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see, not if they go running back, but where they go running back. Because I have a feeling you're going to bring in a running back somewhere. It's just a question of when and where and who, obviously. Yeah, I think we might have mentioned that before, and I, I totally agree. Obviously, on running back, I have I took one later on this time. It didn't go first round pick, and oh I'm man, the running you. back in this latest mock. But uh, I think we've mentioned it. Running back and tight end seem to be prime for drafting this year, especially one their needs for the team, and two you have an abundance of them in this draft that seem to be NFL ready or NFL top tier prospects that you uh, could put in your system. Yeah. I don't, I don't see the Saints going top end at the tight end position. But again, it's you have these because mid-round so picks, deep, though. right? You have these mid-round picks, and you probably could end up landing uh, Luke Schoonmaker, the kid out of Michigan, in the fifth round, right? Like there's, there's going to be options in the mid rounds that I think are going to be intriguing if you're the Saints, and it's just a matter of what you do when you get there. One other thing we'll mention in this segment for moving on to to the mock draft edition of this podcast is Adam Shine the NFL analyst for NFL.com, he picks his Cinderella team every year, right? Oh, okay, Tim, I thought you were talking about Peter Schrager the other day. I was. Oh, okay. But this is a different guy. Yeah, and yeah. So this is something he's done the last five years. In 2017, he picked the Jaguars. They went 10-6. and six. They won the AFC South. They ended up advancing to the AFC Championship game. That was actually a Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette season. It was Leonard Fournette's rookie season. Next year, he picked the Chicago Bears. They went 12-4. and four. 
They finished first in the NFC North. They lost in the wild card round. 2019, he picked the Buffalo Bills. They went 10 and 6, finished in second in the AFC East and won the wild or and uh, lost in the wild card round as a, as a wild card team. And so basically, the, the prerequisite here is they had to miss the playoffs last season, like in the prior year. And they have to be outside of the, you know, popular Super Bowl picks, right? Like if you're a team that I'm trying to think like the Jets, for example, if they bring in Aaron Rodgers, everyone's going to suddenly cat, like vault them up to Super Bowl contenders. People aren't doing that with the Saints. So that's so they kind of land there. He said that he had a rough run in 2020 with the Arizona Cardinals. They went eight and eight. They finished third in the AFC, NFC West and missed the playoffs, but they did start the season five and two. The Cardinals have been notorious for falling off at the end of the season. So it was still a solid pick. They just, you know, fell off a cliff. 2021 picked the LA Chargers. They finished nine and eight, third in the AFC West and missed the playoffs in that crazy week 18 game where they could have made the playoffs with a tie. And instead they, they like wouldn't accept a tie. And Derek Carr ended up keeping them out of the playoffs in week 18. So that's another one where he kind of missed, but at the same time, they should have been in the playoffs. So you kind of count it. And then last year was the Miami Dolphins. It's another interesting one because they started eight and three right. and finished nine and eight and obviously got to the playoffs. They were second in the AFC East. They lost in the wild card round, but they had, I can't remember his name at quarterback. It was a third string quarterback. So anyway, all this is to say it's a pretty good track record of identifying teams that are ready to take a step forward from where they were a year ago. And he picked the saints. And one of the main reasons is Derek Carr, right? Like you have a team that has a good defense that has quality players at a lot of key positions. And you now add a quarterback who not only has been effective, but has a track record of winning close games. Six of the saints, 10 losses last year were one score games. So when you, if you add Derek Carr into that equation, don't you think they win maybe two of those games, right? And suddenly you're looking at nine and eight. You win three of those games, suddenly you're looking at 10 and seven. So I think that's where you kind of look at it. I just think it's interesting. And I think you mentioned this a couple times on this podcast where the national outlook on this team is starting to get brighter as the season gets closer. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why that's changing. But I think it has something to do with when you have a quarterback, suddenly things seem a lot rosier, and that's where the Saints are right now. Yeah, considering, obviously, where things were last year, and, you know, you've you've moved on from your quote-unquote starter from last season and Andy Dalton, even though he didn't start that way. And, yeah, to, to me, I know that maybe the numbers don't really tell the whole story there, but I would I would consider... Car a massive upgrade, honestly, over an Andy Dalton, who to me at this point in his career is that backup guy and was thrust into that starting role. And it was almost like I was I was waiting for Jameis to take the job back. Never happened. The quarterback position just was so unsettled last year. And I feel like this team has a new lease on life kind of thing with Carr in the mix. Uh, we've heard great things about the breeze like comparison to what they want to do is what Derek Carr excels at to me. And I'm anxious to see obviously how that combo is. Is it going to be like that, that drew breeze, Sean Payton relationship. Can Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael get that way? That's, that's going to be so key. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't see it as a massive upgrade in the sense that if you look at the stats, it doesn't seem like that much of an upgrade at all. But I do consider it to be, and we've talked about this, I see it as a very circumstantial upgrade. Hmm. In in instances where 
you need your quarterback to be the difference in a win or a loss, right? If the quarterback can go and lead a game-winning drive right now, you're going to win this game. If he can't, you're going to lose this game. In that specific scenario, which is one the Saints found themselves in multiple times last year and did not get it done, is where I think Derek Carr is a big upgrade. And it's a very important part of the game right. to be better at. And I, I always go back to this, that Bengals game, the Saints should have won that game. Even though they blew the lead, they got the ball back at their own 30-yard line with just under two minutes to go and timeouts. Didn't get past the 50. I think they got to the, the Bengals' 48-yard line. And that's the scenario where I see him, I see Derek Carr as a massive upgrade. Because if you win that game, you probably make the playoffs. If you win one more game throughout the course of the season, you probably make the playoffs. Same could have been said for 2021 with Trevor Simeon, right? Like, you need to go win a game here, and you can't do it. And one more game, you know, obviously Trevor Simeon wasn't the quarterback in week four against the Giants. But again, you're looking at one more win. Where was it? Where did we, where did we not get it? Because you, you missed the playoffs by one game, both seasons. And, you know, you look at week... 13 against the Bucs, right? All you need is one drive to put away this game. They couldn't get it. And you were just hoping you could hang on by the skin of your teeth. Even a field goal, you win that game, right? Like you just need one more drive in these games and you couldn't get it. And that's where like that one extra scoring drive where it's the quarterback, that's the difference. And that's where Derek Carr, I think, can put you over the top. And that's kind of what you have here. So this is a direct quote. It says, the Saints finally have their post-breeze answer at the position. They're going to take the wide-open NFC South in 2023 and win at least one home playoff game. And I wouldn't bat an eye if they reach the NFC title match. That's oh. his prediction. And I, it's like, that's... It's not crazy when you look at the rest of the NFC, obviously, too. And and that's just like, you need a quarterback. <laughs> you need a quarterback, right? Right. And Dalton, sorry, I, as he was a good fill-in option, but definitely not that guy you can rely on game in and game out especially when, not like you mentioned those crucial situations where i need to move this ball downfield and you just weren't definitely confident in him being able to push it down especially not at 35 years old <laughs> right like yeah, he that was he's past the point in his career i don't know if he ever was that guy but he's past the point in his career where you could have, could have expected him to be that guy and so that's what you're hoping to get out of Derek Carr. and so i think you know i appreciate that some people are at least looking at this from that lens of like this is a good team and now it has a quarterback and you're going to see how how high they can go. I think we've said this too. It's kind of surprising to see some of the the national take on the Saints is a lot rosier than maybe some of the I don't know about the local media, but definitely if see I feel like the fan base here is not so optimistic as they have been in years past, which is kind of I don't want to say surprising, but a, a little bit of a taking me back of the the addition so far. And and I don't I don't feel like Hudats are jumping you know, out of their skin at the, the, the addition so far from this team. But right now to me, the car and the Jamal Williams ads are, I've been huge. I think the expectations are lower. I think that's kind of what you're reading is like if in 2021, the expectation was this team isn't going to miss a beat. They're going to, you know, they, they might even view Jameis as an upgrade because of the arm strength and the fact that, that Drew was kind of falling off. And, yeah, deteriorating. and that's why nine and eight felt like, just a complete disaster last year the expectations went down a bit but you were still hoping for 10 and 7 and a playoff team at minimum and 8 and 9 or 7 and 10 felt like a disaster right now this year it's like what are your expectations are your expectations to improve are they to get to 9 and 8 
Are they to get to 10 and seven? Are they to get to 11 and six and win the NFC South and win the NFC and make a Super Bowl? Like that's like, I think that's where you're seeing it is like the expectations for what this team should be expected to do. What, what they should be capable of and what they might achieve are completely different from the last few years of the Drew Brees era. And I think that's why you're not, you're not seeing excitement because it's like how many times you can get burned before you know you 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 uh, don't put your hand on the stove again. And I think it's funny too. Obviously, there were so many fans that were, you know, just pining over let's get to the next quarterback. Drew Brees is done, and now those little things that Drew was able to do and still be accurate, uh, you, you definitely missed that kind of quote unquote feed, field general. But I do think Derek Carr brings that kind of that respect, that presence to the field. Uh, I'll say where it just it, there were just so many key situations where the offense was in at last season. And I think that's going to be a big difference for this year of getting over the hump. Yeah, I think people yeah, there there did seem to be a lot of people who were like he needs to retire already. And now I think they're like, can he, Man, come, can back? he come back? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's have this segment. We're going to get into mock drafts. Uh, we're going to start with Steve's. We're going to do two separate segments this time because last time we tried to do both in one segment and ended up being 40 minutes anyway so we might as well just break it up so we're going to spend the second segment all on steve's incorrect picks and we're going to spend the third segment all on my correct picks. all right does that sound good to you steve yeah you sound like my wife <laughs> all of everything that i said wrong that's what i was going for so <laughs> good all right keep it locked on the inside black and go food at Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold Mock Draft 3.0 edition. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button, please. And thank you. If you haven't left a review and a rating, you could do that too. I really appreciate it. If you're listening to this podcast and saying, man, I like this podcast, then why haven't you left a rating or a review? Are you lying? Anyway. All right. This is the Mock Draft. We're going to start with Steve's. We're going to start with Steve-O 3.0. Steve-O 3.0. And so... I'm going to flash this mock up on the screen here. And, I felt uh, a lot better after this one than, than my, my 2.0. Well we'll, well, we'll withhold judgment. Okay. You know, and we'll, we'll, we'll make that decision. No surprise. It's QB heavy. I think most mocks are going to be that way, obviously. And I think the NFL draft is going to go QB heavy early. Yeah, this is interesting. So, yeah, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud at the top. That's kind of universal. Everyone thinks yeah. it's going to be the same way. Unless there's a trade of some kind, I think you're correct in that one two maybe you flip cj stroud or bryce young that's what i would do if i was the panthers but people seem to love bryce young so i'm not going to argue it the the other interesting question is the third pick you know i've seen tyree wilson i've seen christian alexander no christian gonzalez not christian alexander and so in this one devin witherspoon is the guy you don't see a lot of oregon i'm sorry you don't see a lot of illinois Hmm. like players going that high in the draft but uh that's who we got here yeah that uh, was definitely one of those shocker early i was like really they uh, i'm not sure where some of the other mocks have been but I, I don't really think i've seen witherspoon up that high 
Yeah, Anthony Richardson to the Colts. Then Jalen Carter does not drop in this draft. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. We talked about that last time. Will Anderson, Will Levis, Quentin Johnson. There's Tyree Wilson going to the Bears at number nine. The Eagles get more eagerly with Jackson <laughs> Smith and Jigba, a highest statewide receiver. And then uh, Peter Skaronsky is number 11, the Zach Street favorite. Yes, he won't be calling me out on this and uh, PFF mock draft. Nope. So then you got, we'll just go through them all. At least the first round, and we'll skip around. Sure. So number 12, Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. Number 13, Kalaja Kansi, defensive interior out of Pitt. Who I feel has been rising more and more, at least yes, in mocks. Yeah, he he's been climbing, and he's just an elite athlete. A little small, arms are a little short, but the speed at, at the interior, and it's like you look at Pitt, you look at a guy like Aaron Donald, and you can see some similarities there in the sense that he's kind of an undersized defensive tackle, but he's a game wrecker. And I think that's what you're hoping to kind of re- replicate if, if you're going after him. Christian Gonzalez, the guy we just mentioned, going to the Patriots at 14. Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher out of Iowa at 15. Paris Johnson Jr., tackle out of Ohio State. Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland, going to the Steelers at 17. Then Joey Porter Jr., offensive tackle Darnell Wright, going to the Bucks at 19. That's the player that visited the Saints. Number it's, it's funny that this draft ended up taking, obviously, a corner for the Lions, who just dealt... Uh... Jeffrey Akuda away. So that's, that's yeah, interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Brian Brandt, safety out of Alabama, going to the Seahawks at number 20. 21 is forfeited, obviously. But then you got Brian Brzee going to the Chargers. That one hurt. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's a guy who, you know, he's been pretty consistent in that he's always in the first round. Yeah. He's always kind of fluctuating between like 15 and 22, but he never gets to the Saints at 29 in any of these mocks. Now we're getting into Saints territory here. The Ravens take Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia at 22. Miles Murphy is another player the Saints had in for a top 30 visit. Going to the Vikings, edge rusher at number 23. Georgia tackle Broderick Jones, the Jaguars. Then Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. Going to the Giants at 25. And he's a guy who's really interesting. I think uh, Mike Detelier on Sports Talk yesterday said he had two receivers with a first-round grade. And one of them was Zay Flowers. The other one was Jackson Smith and Jigba. And it's interesting to me because, you know, Jordan Addison, Quentin, Quentin uh, Nelson, not Quentin Nelson, Johnson. What is his name? Different TCU. Cool. Quentin Johnson. Yeah, I was right. Yeah. And so in this, this mock draft, they have him going to number eight. <laughs> Mike Dillia does not have him as a first round <laughs> wide receiver. So it's just interesting. You know, there's, there's a lot of variability here. Uh, Zay Flowers, then Bijan Robinson. Thank so you, goodness. Did me a favor. You don't have to, you don't have to debate that in your head anymore. Going to the Cowboys, number 26. It's interesting because they obviously just got rid of Zeke, Zeke Elliott. And so he's going to be that replacement alongside Tony Pollard. Who was, man, um, Tony Pollard for me was a uh, fantasy beast last yes, year. he was very good. He was fantasy beast for a lot of people. <laughs> Will McDonald, edge rusher, going to the Bills, number 27. Then Mozzie Smith, another defensive tackle, going to the Bengals, a pick before the Saints. And so, Steve, why don't you explain your pick here? Yeah, on, on the board, it was kind of, you know, going through some options. And with the top, you know, interior guy on the offensive line available, I want to protect Carr for the future and bring in that hometown boy back. You know, Cyrus Torrance, Baton Rouge uh, native, went to um, ULL with uh, Billy Napier and then followed him to Florida, uh, transferred over there, and just big body, molar type, I think will be fantastic in the run game for this team and just a position of need along that O-line that, uh, was too good to pass up. I, like I said, I wanted to to get some protection for Derek Carr. And with those injuries we saw last year, I just, you know, the that position is a glaring need along with the defensive line for me. And it's still in this draft. No doubt. Yeah, and he was my pick in the last mock draft. He's not my pick in this one. 
We, we did a little swap. You got me, Jean, maybe. A little bit. A little swappy swap. <laughs> well, a little, little swappy swap here. But yeah, Osiris Torrance, I mean, it's a, it's a good pick. If the Saints land in, in uh, if the Saints land him in the draft in the first round, I will not be disappointed. I will say that, you know, as you look at him, the Saints kind of are a prototype drafting team. Yeah. They look at certain metrics, and I don't know if he fills that out the way that you might want him to. And like the Saints will go away from that. They don't necessarily, it's not like, oh, he doesn't have this measurable, he doesn't have this measurable, so you won't draft him. But they have to have a good reason. And I'm that's that's the question. I'm not saying they won't, but I think that's something that's working against Osiris in that spot. And we'll we'll have to see. But I I, I like the pick. The last two in the first round for y'all for your mock draft was Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, who's dropping a little bit. You know, I think he's he's losing some steam here in the in the pre-draft process. And then Anton Harrison, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Yeah, I think I've mentioned to you before, even Mayer's a guy for the Saints I've seen pop up on some of the mock drafts. And uh, we've we've said that too for a while, that why, while tight end is in need of a position for this group, first round just doesn't feel right. No, I agree with that. So yeah, we're getting into the second round. BJ Ojolari goes number 34. We're not going to list every pick in the next couple of rounds because we don't have that many hours in the day. But, you know, one of your picks from the last mock draft, Josh Downs goes at number 33 here. So you're not going to be able to take him this time around. No, got got scooped up from me. Daywan Jones goes to the Colts at number 35. I think that's interesting. Another wide receiver in Jordan Addison goes. Nathaniel Dell goes at number 39 here, which I find interesting because he was my third round pick okay. from the last draft. And I do think that he's a very good, I, I think he's going to rise. Like I would be, I want the Saints to take him in the third round, but I would be surprised if he's there. I think that he's going to he's gonna go a lot earlier than people think. But when he went to the Panthers at number 39, so the Saints are on the clock at number 40, and why don't you tell me about your pick? We're going with South Carolina corner camp. Smith, uh, like the addition that maybe could fill that slot corner need for this team and uh, just the position that you, I feel like, you know, anyone will tell you, you, you never can have, a, have enough corners in this league. And I know the Saints are pretty stocked there. But I felt the value was pretty good. Um, even with, you know, another guy, even with the guard right after him and a Steve Avila from TCU coming up next, there was a little bit, I'm not going to lie, temptation to do a double, double up on guards, a double on guard. But I, I know that really the Houdat Nation would have really flipped their lids with me on guard, <laughs> on guard. Yeah, that, that, that's tough. I mean, how many guards do you need? <laughs> right. That's the question. Well, I mean, how many just the injuries that we've seen pile up with this team made me kind of think about it for a second at least. The answer is more than they have right now. <laughs> and so adding two wouldn't be the end of the world, right? Yeah, like you just it's just quality depth. Uh anyway. But I I I understand what you're saying there. Okay. Moving on, you know, I'm just going to kind of go through. So Luke Musgrave at 47 is interesting, a uh, tight end who could easily go in the first round if someone falls in love with him. Tanner McKee goes to the Packers who just continue to draft quarterbacks. See Sam LaPorta, another interesting tight end goes to the Dolphins in the 50s. Then we have Siaki Ika going to Baylor. I'm sorry, Siaki Ika from Baylor going to the Cowboys at 58. It's an interesting one. Jameer that's, Gibbs. That's a name that's really frustrated too, the the guy from Baylor, Siaki Ika. And he was yeah. someone even, I think early on, uh, I was debating between him and Mozzie Smith and my mock 1.0 of where to go there. Uh, but his his stock kind of seems to have tapered off a bit. Yeah, I think he's a solid second round pick. That, uh, day yeah, one dude, huh? Still working on it. Yeah. Uh Jameer Gibbs goes to the Lions at number 55. You know, it's obviously they they moved on from Jamal Williams, but they did add David Montgomery. So that's an interesting one. Andre Carter to the Jaguars. Isaiah Foskey to the Bears at number 61. 
And moving on to the next one, this will you be... You had Foskey as a second or third rounder. For I had him as a second rounder okay. in the last mock draft, yes. So that's about the same space, yeah. So uh, Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia, goes one pick ahead of the Saints. That would be a bummer if that's what happens, because I think <laughs> if you can get your hands on him in the third round, that's a really interesting pick. Zach Charbonnet is another interesting guy for the Saints. He went to the Bears at number 64, and we're getting there. John Michael Schmitz, great center name out of Minnesota. Definitely. To the Broncos at 68. So we are at 71. A guy named Jalen Hyatt, who the Saints brought in, is still yes. on the board here, which is interesting. If they really are interested in Jalen Hyatt, they could have gone with him. I also haven't seen Hendon Hooker come off the board yet. No, he's but still in there. You went for neither of them. Tell me who you picked. Yeah, I was uh, still, I guess, thinking about that running back position. And the guy like Devon A. Chain pops up, Texas A&M, completing my sec run here in this mock draft 3.0 i uh, think he'd be a fantastic compliment for a jamal williams uh because obviously we we know that alvin kamara is going to serve a suspension at one point i think a chain is the biggest concern is his size but man that speed is something you can't teach and i think in this offense they find a way to use him properly and like i said a compliment with jamal williams your bruiser along with this, you know, eight chain in space would be a, a really nice one-two punch for me. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, Hendon Hooker goes to the Falcons <laughs> at 75, so that's an interesting one. If you didn't pull the trigger and the Falcons did, it's kind of it's kind of fun. Dwayne McBride also goes. Uh, Kendry Miller goes to the Washington Commanders. I still want to call him the football team at 97. That might Corey, be a better name. Corey Trice goes to the 49ers at 99. Is another player the Saints brought in. Eli Ricks, who is one of your mock draft picks last yeah. time goes to the Raiders at number 100 and then Tulane linebacker Tory Dorian Williams goes to the 49ers at that, that third round so just to just to recap Steve, didn't see Tajay did not go in this just mock at all in the first three didn't seem so no I didn't see his name that's surprising actually that Dorian would go ahead of Tajay I think that's interesting <laughs> yeah I, I think Tajay's gone by the end of third round but if he's not and the Saints might be able to get him in the fourth round I think that's a Interesting, but you did already take a running back, so it kind of solves that problem. Yeah, the with the with the running backs, I, I don't expect it to be a one person fix, but I don't expect them to to draft that guy. They've had so much success with the undrafted market; they'll probably mine a few few guys to bring in from from there after the draft. But I I would say tight end and running back. I don't see there's any way they don't end up drafting at least one each in this in this draft yeah it's hard to believe they'd spend two <laughs> draft picks on a, on running back right, but it's yeah. also hard to believe they don't spend any <laughs> but let's just to recap so number 29 you went osiris torrance the guard out of florida at number 40 you went cam smith the cornerback out of south carolina and at 71 you went devon devon i think it's devon, devon a chain yeah, the running back out of texas a&m so that's a, that's an interesting little lineup I think this is a much more re realistic. Um, <laughs> you prove more. Yeah, no, and I think I think Cam Smith is an interesting pick. I don't like. I think people will look at the Saints' cornerback roster and say they're not going to draft a cornerback in the second round because they don't need one. Well, all you have to do is go back to last season and look at the Alante Taylor pick and say the Saints will draft a cornerback in any season. I don't care what their status is in terms of roster depth. They are always willing to add a cornerback if they identify him as, as someone they really like, right? 
it's what happened last year with Taylor. And it's like, if that's what happens with Cam Smith here, I, like, I don't know if Cam Smith is the, is the guy, but just the idea that they won't draft a cornerback in the second round this year, you are wrong. Cause they definitely will. If they identify that guy. And I don't know. I, I mean, Sean Payton, obviously being a quarterback guru, we didn't see him attack the draft and get a quarterback every year. But I mean, that, that is, I was going there just because Dennis Allen's, you know, specialty forte is in the secondary so I definitely feel he'll be adding corner safety or even both. Well, I mean, I think in, in previous years, you might've had to over it's, it'd be tough for the defensive <laughs> coordinator overrule Sean and say, I know you really like this player, but I want a cornerback right now. Give it to me. And as the head coach, I think you have a bit of more sway to be like, yeah, okay, we're going to take a cornerback here. I know we don't need one, but we're going to take a cornerback here because he's that good, right? So I, I do think that's interesting. Yeah, uh, DA's the man in charge now. Yeah. So we'll, part of the benefit of being that coach. Exactly, right? I can get whatever I want. But that's what yeah. I guess was surprising. You went both offense in the round one last year. And everyone was like, oh, what? we got a yeah. defensive coach. Maybe that was his concession so that this year he can t- send all seven picks on defensive line. Anyway. Uh, Cam, Cam Jordan would definitely appreciate it. He, he probably would. All right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back with my mock draft. And uh, spoiler, I definitely cheated. And uh, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little different this time around. I got I got, a little, I got oh, a little, I'm interested. You I got, I my interest. I won't look crazy. Um, but all right, this is Inside Black Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Stick around. back one more time around the sun here on inside black and gold because the the sun revolves around us is that what i i don't know it doesn't make any sense what does Kyrie say does Kyrie believe in the sun <laughs> I, I don't know he doesn't believe in making the playoffs apparently folks this is also jeff's last black and gold se- segment as Ever. a single man i get i guess yeah uh, I, I mean i've been engaged for like a year and a half and this is like the office official engagement. official right I'm like the Roy of this situation, apparently. Yeah, I'm going to get married in Las Vegas uh, on Friday. So I will I will be on the next podcast, but I will not be here. It is going to be some kind of magical segment that uh, that just appears because I'm not recording a podcast while I'm on, uh, I'm on vacation in Las Vegas. But, no, we're able to work some magic for sure. Yeah, it's not in, in a manner of speaking. But all right, this is my final mock draft before departing. It is mock draft 3.0. And I decided to break some rules here. Hmm. Um, and so we're Did just going to make a trade. I may have may, may or may not have made a trade. <laughs> so we're going to go. We're going to go. Here. Do it. So at the top, and I and I promise I did not do anything to change this, but this mock draft agrees with me. And the Panthers go for CJ Stroud at number one overall. And I just, I can't get over this idea that CJ Stroud is a better quarterback than, than Bryce Young. And part of it is he's the size a quarterback has to be. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I get it. Bryce Young's arm has been, like, touched by the hand of God. But, like, C.J. Stroud can sling it, too. And he's also got the measurables you want at the position. So why would you not go with that at the number one overall pick, knowing that, you know, this is a guy who you're going to have to trust. Like, this is a guy you're betting your future on. And, I'm I, like, it's really tough for me to do that with a 5'10 quarterback. Like, sure, he could come out and be the, the next great short quarterback. But that's, you know, that's not a guarantee. And I don't think he's his arm. Like I don't think his arm talent 
or anything I've seen in Alabama. Like, keep in mind, Alabama always has the best offensive line. They always have the best wide receivers. They always have just the best skill positions you can find. And so I think a lot of people are going to have success at Alabama. And, you know, and that doesn't say anything more than like CJ Stroud is in the same situation at Ohio State, right? Like, he was throwing to Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. He was throwing to Jackson Smith and Jigba, but like, they're in the same boat in that regard. And so I'm going to go with the guy that I like the measures of. Anyway, that's not even my pick, but I, I went on it. Will Anderson goes to the Cardinals at number three. Anthony Richardson. This more, is something more, that it seems like he's going to end up in the top. Both 10, our mocks huh? agree on this. The Colts really like Anthony Richardson, I guess. I don't know. Jalen Carter is this one. He goes to the Seahawks as well. Then yeah. Tyree Wilson at number six to the Lions. Will Levis at number seven to the Raiders. Peter Skaronsky, who I guess PFF, maybe, maybe, maybe Zach Streif like wrote a letter this is PFF and like a strongly quoted letter. And it's like, if you put Peter Skaronsky behind Paris Johnson Again. in any of these monks, I'm going to find you. Cause he's been like, ever since he sent you that text, I have not seen a single one of these simulations with Paris Johnson ahead of Peter Skaronsky. The word is spread. That Apparently. The, the big man, Zach was not happy. Yeah. Lucas Van Ness goes to the bears at number nine. And then Paris Johnson goes to the Eagles <laughs> at number 10. Devin Witherspoon drops a little bit in this one. He yeah. goes to the, the Titans at number 11. There's Jackson Smith and Jigba going to the Texans at number 12. And that's interesting to me because in a previous mock, he went at 12 to the Texans and the Texans also drafted CJ Stroud. So you're pairing them. And this one, they just reached for Smith and Jigba, who is the best wide receiver. And I think they are really just like, even though they're ending up with Bryce Young in this mock, it's still like, okay, we're going to get him the best receiver on the board. How, who, who is it? And then it ends up being JSN here. Uh, definitely going to be an envy of the... Uh... The, the Saints getting an Ohio State guy. Yep. Then Joey Porter Jr. going to the Jets at 13. Nolan Smith going to the Patriots at number 14. Broderick Jones going to back the to Packers back Georgia. at number 15. Yep. Georgia is very popular, as we hmm. expected. Christian Gonzalez going to Washington. Cornerback out of Oregon. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, going to the Steelers at 17. Quentin Johnson going to the Lions at number 18. And, you know, I talked about making a trade. My trades, and I'm really just doing this to kind of get an idea of like, okay, what, what might be reasonable? And there was two teams I targeted in this draft of like, they have multiple first round picks and they might be just trying to add some more assets. And I considered the Lions here, but it just, it felt like they didn't really have enough to make a fair, even trade where I wanted to get a mid round piece back and they didn't just, they just didn't have it. And there wasn't anyone at 18 that I was dying for where I felt like I needed to give up more than I had to, to make sure I got there. So I, I passed on that. I didn't make it. I didn't pull the trigger there. Dalton Kincaid goes to the Bucks at 19. And this was interesting to me because I didn't expect him to go. And there's someone on the board that I really still like. And I found the Seahawks at number 20 who, you know, I think they are in a similar situation to the Lions. They had two first round picks. This is in the back half of the first round. And I was like, okay, maybe I can give up a few pieces and go get this, uh, get this, this pick at number 20 and bring in a guy I really like, and that's what I did. So I ended up trading up, got Kalijah Kansi. And so in case anyone wants to know what the... Compensation? Yeah, what the compensation was here. Hold on. Jeff, you had just talked about how you're hoping the team stays put this draft and you trade it up. I know. <laughs> I'm aware of this. But this is, this is more just, you know, what is this going to end up looking at? looking like when it happens. So no, and Cancy I think we were mentioning that he's just the guy that keeps rising up draft boards right now. Yeah. And so, and, and the reason I made this trade was because I, I feel like I was able to make a trade, move up nine spots in the back end of the first 
and still kind of retain flexibility, not give up that much because this trade was you give up the 29, the 40, and your 2024 fourth round pick. Keep in mind, the Saints are going to get comp picks next season, probably in the fourth round. So you're kind of factoring that in of like, okay, you're still going to pick in the fourth round and you're just getting a chance to go get your guy. They got back the 20, obviously, and then the 52. So really what you're doing is you are picking up nine spots in the first round, giving up the 40, and then moving 12 spots back and a future fourth. Right. So the Lions, I'm sorry, so the Seahawks move back nine spots, then they get their second pick 12 spots earlier, and they add a future asset that they can do whatever they want with. And I think it's a it's a very low-level trade, but it's one that I think you're going up and getting a guy that has dropped and is really good value. So he's my pick at number 20. But then you have a longer wait, right? You end up dropping to 52. So we're going to keep going. Let's finish out the did first. It, did it take Seattle a while to approve your trade or no? Oh, no. They, I mean, that was the only, that was the first offer I made. They took it. But I mean, okay. PFF, the trade thing, it, it kind of just tells you like it had like a 93% chance of being approved. So oh, okay. It you. wasn't like I was worried about it. And, and that's the question is like, do you think Seattle makes that trade? Unless you give up a little bit more than that? I don't know. I think that was a pretty lean return for them to move nine spots back. But even then, I think you're, you know, maybe you end up giving a, another future pick, like a lower, like a future seventh rounder, just to grease the skids a little bit. And so I think that's, that's a reasonable spot. So if the Saints are trying to move up in the first round and you can get to 20 because you know that Kalaj is not going to get to you at 29 and you really like him or there is someone else there, like a Brian Brazier, someone that you really like, I think that's the spot that I look at as the most tradable first round pick. Because again, the Seahawks have the fifth, the number five overall pick. So they might be trying to get out from another first round pick salary at this point, right? Like at a certain point, it's just like, well, we would rather, you know, pick at the 20 at 29 and save some money on the deal. Cause you're still going to get a first round asset. Yeah. Obviously I got the team. Like you're not going to be doing any kind of deal with Tampa Bay or someone else in the division. Exactly. Exactly. And the chargers pick at 21, Jordan Addison, the Ravens pick at 22. They get Deontay banks. The Vikings pick at 23, Miles Murphy, then Zay Flowers, the Jaguars. Brian Brzee goes to the Giants at 25. So again, you're not, these guys aren't dropping you at 29. Right. Brian Branch, safety, goes to the Cowboys at 26. So Cyrus Torrance didn't even so make it. He wouldn't have gotten to me at 27. So now I love this trade up because <laughs> that was going to be my first round pick, or it was my first round pick in the last draft. Yeah. So I couldn't even do that again. So I have gone and got my guy, and the guy that would have been my backup plan didn't drop to me. So I love that trade now. Will McDonald goes to the Bengals at 28. And then the Seahawks take Anton Harrison off of the tackle out of Oklahoma at 29. And so if you're looking for a guy, if that's who you're looking at, I think that that trade makes sense for them. Uh, Cam Smith, who's the guy you picked at 29 and your, and your mock goes at 30 to the Eagles. So you were kind of right spot on with his value. I had, no, I had him in oh, my I'm second Oh, I'm sorry. You got him in the second Yeah, round. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so yes. We'll look at it that way. So you definitely maximized that value considering he went in the first round of this mock. Like then, that, yeah. And then Mozzie Smith closes this out at 31. Going to the second round, you know, interesting names. Daywan Jones, Michael Mayer, Adetomawea, Adabaware. Yeah, he, I'm glad you said it because, um, but that's another name I've seen kind of floating around for a possibility for the Saints even. Yeah, and I, he, they did bring him in for a visit. I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> um, Sounded I'll, good to me. If if they draft him, I'll have to figure it out. I'm sure, poor, poor I'm and Mike sure he's got a nickname. <laughs> if he gets drafted. I'm sure he's got a nickname. <laughs> Uh, Donald Washington. So he went earlier here. He goes to the Colts at number 35. 
We're going to keep going down. There's Josh Downs, B.J. Ojolari to the Panthers, Jameer Gibbs to the Seahawks. Jalen Hyatt goes a lot earlier in this mock than he did in yours. So you can see some changes here. Luke Musgrave. And so, yeah, so we've already gotten past 40. So that number 40 pick ended up being Jameer Gibbs. So if, if you really wanted Jameer Gibbs, then that trade cost you a chance to get him because you could have got him at 40. I don't think the Saints were going to go running back at 40. So I think it's a wash. And you get to 52. And guess what? Nothing has changed for me. I'm still taking Isaiah Foskey okay. at 52 because I still like Isaiah Foskey. He's there. So I'm taking him. Right? Like, why would I change the. If, if I wanted him at 40, I definitely want him at 52. So I'm not going to, like, I'm not, I'm not going to tilt and take somebody else when he's the guy I liked all along. So I don't need to go in this one. If you want to hear the reasons I like Isaiah Foskey, you can go into the last mock draft. But, you know, big guy, he fits the athletic profile. He fits a position that you need to add a piece at. And now you have really amped up your defensive line, right? Like you have two day one guys who could go in there and play right away to team leaders. And uh, yeah, so I, I love those two, those first two picks. I like Foskey too. I think I mentioned it last time. Light a fire under that as of Peyton Turner, please. For sure. <laughs> so we're going to keep going. You know, just a lot of names. Siaki Ika, 59, wow, 59. To, the, to the Bills. Um, you know, and, and his value kind of seems kind of set there. Like, he, 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 like, we've seen a few guys that have fluctuated and gone a little earlier in one mock versus the other. He seems to be in the 50 range, 50 to 59 every time. Going into the third round, and this is where it gets a, a little interesting in that, you know, I've, I've adjusted. I haven't taken an offensive lineman this time. So you got Andre Carter, Zach Charbonnet, Dev, Devon Eichain. The Cardinals at 66. But again, I haven't changed the thing. I'm still taking Nathaniel Dell out of Houston at 71. And if he gets there, I love it. I don't think he's going to get there. But I, I'm like, I, you know, this is a very boring mock draft. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to change things around. Yeah. Because I had no intention of changing either of these picks. So <laughs> I wanted to make it a little interesting at the top. But I think it's a good example of, okay, so yes, I did trade. Like I did give up a couple assets. I did move back in the second round to 52. But I was still able to get these three picks. So if your goal is to be able to maximize assets and still get the guys you want, I was able to do that here. So I think that's why this trade, this is why I like this trade because I did trade up. I did go get my guy, but I didn't hamstring myself in not being able to add these guys that I do really like in the second and third rounds. No, and it's plus it's fun to, like you said, mix it up a little bit. I, I haven't even played with the fact of trying to do a, a trade in one of these Wow, look at that. I, right after right after that, Hooker and another Tennessee guy yeah. back-to-back back coming off the board. That's what I was going to say. And so <laughs> if you believe the Saints really like Hendon Hooker, this is where you have to make that decision yeah, because it now. he goes to the Titans at number 72. And I think third round is where if you want him, you're going to have to... Were you at all here? I was. I was. But I, if I can get a playmaker for Derek Carr yeah. versus a guy who's not going to play, I, I that's totally a really tough decision for me. Don't blame you. But I do think if you're the Saints and you want Hendon Hooker, you're going to have to pull the trigger in the third round. You will not be able to get him in the fourth round, at least in mock drafts. You know, maybe that changes in in reality, but I think that's kind of, I think that is where you're going to have to make that decision because you can't guarantee he gets back to you. Like at the very least, he might, you might be able to get him in the fourth round. Dude, I'm hoping somebody makes that move to trade up with the Kansas City or whoever yeah. late, late in that first round to to get Hooker, honestly. I agree. Luke Schoonmaker goes to, the Bucks at Ooh. 82. And that's interesting because they also took Dalton Kincaid, I believe. Loading up on those TEs for Baker. Who, who did they take at number 19? Yeah, they took Dalton Kincaid at number 19. And then they again took Luke Schoonmaker. So, 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 yeah, I mean, that's why the PFF stuff, too, with, the, with these 
with the simulation, it's it kind of like, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Kind of um, questionable. So one of the reasons, so ja- Jaquel and Roy goes third round to the Vikings. So they do like their LSU players. They do like there. their LSU players. <laughs> that is true. And so one of the reasons, and there's Tajay Spears at 90 okay. to the Cowboys. So because I took the same pick Oof. in the second and third round, I decided to do the fourth round uh, <laughs> just because I wanted um, to at least explain another pick. A- bear would lo- hate that pick of Spears going to the Cowgirls, as he would say. Yes. So yeah, Dwayne McBride, first pick of the fourth round. Eli Ricks out of Alabama, formerly of LSU, goes to the Texans at 104. Trey Palmer, Who former LSU receiver, goes to, goes to one ten, <laughs> goes at one ten to the Falcons, and then at one fifteen, I get the running back. All right, I get the running go. back I wanted. He's a guy the Saints have brought in. I think he fits their profile, their athletic profile at running back. Very prolific runner at TCU. I think this is where you can, what one way or the other, right? I also like Evan Hull. I like Tajay Spears if he's still around, but this is where I think you address the running back position. If Hendon Hooker's still on the board. Maybe I would agree maybe with you, you there. The Come fourth round, sure. But uh, Kendry Miller here at running back, and you and you could you know f- swap him out for whoever. If Devon A. Chain is still on the board, if one of these guys slips, that's where you'd get him. But I went with Kendry because I know that he's a guy the Saints have been looking at. So why not? Yeah, and I, I think with Hendon Hooker, to me, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind because I I just don't think it's going to be someone that will be around for the Saints as an option in, in the, even in the third round, even a third or fourth round, I just don't, I have that feeling that they're going to have that crazy run on quarterback. Somebody's going to get too over anxious and make that move up to get him. I agree. Okay. So, and, and so here's my draft and man, you're getting straight A's. Well, yeah, except the trade, which I, I think is wild. <laughs> Cause like, I think I, I made out like a bandit on this trade knowing that I get a, I'm going to get a comp pick next year. So I've essentially already replaced that pick. And, and it's a fourth rounder. It's not even, I mean, I don't know. Right. I, if I, I, I can't, they don't have a third rounder next year. That's yeah. why it's interesting. Like I couldn't, I wasn't giving up a second rounder and I obviously can't give up a third rounder. So the fourth round pick is the only one I'm going to give up there. I was able to retain 71, right? I didn't have to deal with anything on that. So to me that given that it's C is wild because you're able to go up and get, I, I don't think it factors in who you picked because I also think that Kalaja is a guy who would absolutely not have gotten past the Ravens. You know, he would have, he would have gone in the early 20s at worst. The fact that he got to 20 is probably low. Like, I think it's a surprise. So anyway, yeah, I love I, that I trade. I, yeah, I don't understand, honestly, the rationale there with the C grade for your trade. You know, especially because the, it must not factor in the players I picked because they gave me an A-plus for the Kalijah pick. They gave me a B-plus for Isaiah, who I, I mean, I feel like I stole at 52. They gave me an A for Nathaniel Tell in the third round. They gave me an A-minus for Kendry Miller at 115 so sure and all of these guys sans isaiah so pff's big board has kalijah at 13 i got him at 20 they have nathaniel dell at 44 i got him at 71 and they have kendry at 97 i got him at 115 they have isaiah at 62 i got him at 52 so i think mickey'd be pretty proud of this draft i would love this draft and you can say you got aggressive and you went and you got your guy and i think that's what the saints like to do and and again i don't know how much the saints love if the Saints are in love with Kalijah Kansi again, he he's not a prototypical size defensive interior player, but I think the speed he has at that position is next level. And for a team that I have been critical of for not being athletic enough and mobile enough and able to move as a defensive line the way that I'd like them to be able to, I think this is kind of a a, a, a pick to help address that. No, two defenders, two on offense, nice and even. Um... 
And yeah, that that D lines for me, I, I, which is what I love, just because pressuring that gotta be able to get out the quarterback. Abs- absolutely, a thousand percent. And obviously, hopefully, uh, a guy like Kalaja can help uh, beef up that run defense too, which dropped off last year. What this doesn't do is it does not help you address the interior offensive line, and so that becomes you- a question. <laughs> And maybe maybe you can pull off, maybe you can swing a trade for a guy. Maybe you can sign somebody that you like, or you know, maybe you draft. I don't know if you're picking up anybody in the fifth round and beyond that you really are going to be ready to start this year. So I think you do need to bring in a veteran uh, if if you go this route. But I'm okay with it because you do still have Pete. Like <laughs> obviously, it's a gamble to think maybe he's even healthy for half the games, but. it's still there. So it's not like it's a position where if you don't draft somebody, it's like, well, who are we going to (laughs) play? Right. So I, I don't know. I like this mock. I'm very happy with it. Looking good. And we're going to have a 4.0 or we, or are we wrapped? I think we're going to have time for one more more. and we should, uh, what I want to do is a full seven rounders. Okay. Just to mess with people. (laughs) And uh, that'll be an entire episode. Uh, But yeah, I think, I think we're kind of landing on it. I, and the thing is like, I, I did this mock. I didn't even change picks, which is unusual for me. I usually change picks just to have like oh, a like different player wise. I got you. Yeah. I mean, I still took Isaiah Foskey. Right. I still took Nathaniel Dell, but yeah. No, you, you, uh, if you're strong on your guys, you stick with those. And yeah, to me, like I said, the, the pickup of collage is huge just because man, and every mock, I keep seeing him rising up on draft boards. So the idea of him being around at 29, He's not going to be there. No, he's not going to be there. Even and I've worried about a guy like Osiris Torres. And too. I don't know if, yeah, but like, I, I think you can live without that. If he doesn't get there, if you're staying at 29, he's your backup plan. In my opinion, Torrance. Yeah. And, and like, I want my defensive tackle. I want, I want the top defensive tackle on my board. I if I have to go get him, I have to go get him. You cannot sit there and hope that all the defensive tackles fall or <laughs> one of them does. Cause yeah. I don't know if they will. I don't know if you, you'd be able to get, one of your top defensive tackles by waiting. And again, 18 and 20 are the spots that if, I, if the Saints trade, those are the teams I'm going after. The teams with a second first round pick who might be more inclined to just maximize their assets That's smart. throughout this draft and into next year. And again, I don't know if, like, that's why it's funny to me that the PFF gave this trade a C because I would be surprised if the Seahawks were able to take that little of a return to move back nine spots. But Hey, you know, I'll take what they'll give me. Right. You got to deal with the the board gives you. That's how I look at it too. And some are critical of, oh, well, that guy should have been there. What the not, what not. It's like, listen, I'm running the simulation. I'm not making every single pick, which match, imagine before these mock draft simulators came out, you had to do that. Yeah. Very time consuming. Yes. Yes. But okay. I think that's going to wrap it up for us here on this episode of Inside Black and Gold. I'm going to go home. I'm going to start packing. I'm going to get something to eat. I'm going to do that too. Yeah. And then I'm going to, I'm going to channel my inner Zion and, uh, who talked to the media today? Woohoo. Not going to play. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, that's a, that's a whole nother scenario there too, where it's still not clear really his whole situation. No, maybe he can be the backup to Andres Pete on the offensive line <laughs> or the backup to Jawan Johnson. No, no, he's too big to be a tight end. No, <laughs> He's bulking. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, Steve will be mostly alone for the next episode of the week, but I will be back for next Friday's episode. And we got you a little sneak preview of we got uh, the voice of the Saints, Mike Haas, to sit down with us for a segment that will be 
putting in on the Inside Black and Gold podcast for next time, which you won't be around, but you will be because you were here to film sure it. Sure did. I can tell you, first thing with fruit flavor. We've been recording for an hour and 45 minutes, and I have done all the talking that I can. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. If you haven't left a rating or review, do that. Hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Nowak. I will be radio silent per orders for the next few days, but yeah, we'll get it done. Peace, y'all. Do that.